up for you. Let's turn together to the book of John, and uh, we'll start off in chapter 15. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. I hope that uh, hope that you will be able to enjoy uh, maybe a day off tomorrow, and uh, especially just in light of uh, what Memorial Day is about. Certainly grateful to all those who have served in our armed forces. Um, Several among us in our family come to mind right away, and um, you know this is when we celebrate those who have given their lives in service to our country in that way, and um, that may be someone that you know, maybe someone that you're related to, something like that, and so uh, it's pretty awesome to uh, to hit pause on some things and reflect on that and the significance of that, and uh, to thank uh, thank God for those who uh, were willing to serve us in that way, and. Uh, Greatly, and like that service has benefited us greatly in many ways. Part of it, part of it is that we get to do this tonight, you know, and so that's certainly not lost on me. I'm sure, or not on any of us at all. So, uh, I hope that this holiday weekend is good to you. I'm glad that you could be here tonight. Um, this is going to be a little bit different than where we've been in the last several weeks, and different from where we're headed. It's we're sort of in the in between maybe some like teaching themes here on Sunday night. And if you are not a part of our church family, I just need you to know this will not be like a typical sermon. Um, I don't think it will be weird for you necessarily, but it'll just this isn't typical, so I invite you to, to come back. But, um, yeah, that would be good. Uh, unless you hear something that you don't like, and then, you know, whatever. So let's uh, look in John 15, starting in verse 12. Um, there's some things that, that are really significant in the scriptures, and I think that John 15, 16, 17 holds some really special and unique treasures for us. Uh, in these chapters, we hear Jesus addressing some his disciples and thereby us in some really special ways. We, we see him pray for us. Uh, which is really phenomenal to know that Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, prayed forward in the spirit of, of God to know that all of his believers would would need certain blessings and certain instruction. And, and uh, there's just, it's just such a rich group of chapters. Um, look at verse 12 in chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. In these very powerful words, we see something that is incredibly important. 
We see that, that Jesus has called us as his disciples to something that is literally from another world. It's literally, uh, it, it literally originates from a different kingdom than we experience here on this earth. It originates from the kingdom of God, from the heartbeat of God, from the example of God that he's set for us. He says, I've, I want you to love one another in the same way that I have loved you. He goes on in, you know, in, the, in the verses, he talks about laying down his life. He says that, that you're, no, you're no longer considered servants to me because a servant, uh, a servant just works for the master. He says, but I've invited you in. I've made you a part of my family. I have, uh, I've let you in on the entire plan. And the plan is for you to love people. That's the plan. That's what we are, are called to. And in a day when there's a lot of debate and a lot of you know, things about what the church should be doing and what, you know, how we should engage with culture and what global missions should look like and what local missions should look like and a lot of theological debates and a lot of um, political things and stuff like that. Um, and at, at times, we're probably hitting the nail on the head. And other times, we're probably missing the mark. You know, corporate, like as a... This is a blanket statement about the church. But at the end of the day, what we are called to do is to love people in the same way that Jesus has loved us. Look, look back at that. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We're going to just leave that on the screen for a second. To love one another as I have loved you. To sacrifice for each other. To give to empty yourself for the good of another, to put the needs of someone else ahead of your own needs, um, to look out for their good, to act in a way that is um, going to truly be good for them, even if it's difficult for you or uncomfortable for you, um, and to invite them in. So in, the, in that paragraph, Jesus says, I've loved you, I've laid down my life for you, but I've also invited you into what I'm doing. So we love one another in that kind of self-sacrificing self, uh, way. We, we act for their good, and, and through that love, we invite them into what's going on. We invite them to share our lives, to share God's life through us, all those kinds of things. Now, there's a lot of things we could talk about in this text. But clearly... Since he's saying this to his disciples, he's saying, I want you to love one another in this kind of way. And so we look around and it's like, so how should the church be looking, how should we treat each other as Christians? Whether it's within this particular church or churches like Christians, let's say all throughout Baton Rouge, gathered in multiple churches. Or Christians throughout the United States or Christians gathered throughout the world. How are we to interact with one another as brothers and sisters who are all who have all been loved the same way by the same Savior, invited into the same things by the same Master, seated at the same table, given a new name, new identity, new heart, the same, the same, the same, the same. How are we supposed to treat each other? Love across the board. And so there should be this really pure, distinct, holy kind of care that we give to one another. That every church all throughout the world, that should be the defining mark. They can have different denominations, different beliefs on different things, different whatevers, but when it comes down to it, 
you walk into a group of, of God's children and it should be an environment of love. And that's what we're going for. You know? People are like, when, when people say, what's the mission of the church? Well, the mission of the church is this right here. We've been given the mission. You know, where, you know, where's the ring headed? This is where we're headed. You know, there's no, there's no big mysterious, you know, th- unveiling about our future. Our future is completely, it's right there in front of us. It's not only found here, we see it, we see it in, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's everywhere. That this love is supposed to happen. And so, between one another, what are we striving for? That, that kind of care, to love one another as Christ has loved us. That's the goal. Now, look, look over in John 17, maybe on the next page. Um, look at verse 18. This is Jesus praying for us. Verse 18, he says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. That's interesting. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So he's talking to the Father. He's praying for us. And he says, in the same way you sent me, I send them. So how did the Father send Jesus? Uh, Jesus left heaven, came to earth. Uh, He became flesh, dwelt among us, lived a sinless life, filled with love and grace and truth and honesty, and goodness, and compassion, and justice. That's how God the Father sent him into the world, to love the world as a, in a way that reflects the character of God. So Jesus says, as, as you have sent me into the world, now I'm sending them into the world. There's a, um, there's a parallel there, and it, but it's actually more than a parallel. There's a, there's a unity there. It's not a, we're not paralleling Christ's journey into the world, we're stepping right into the same thing. The same way that God the Father sent him, he sends us. Look at verse 20. I do not ask for these only, okay? Not only the, let's say, the ones who are Christians now, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you loved me. I don't mean this critically, but I get a little turned around there. You know, I kind of need like a like to diagram that whole little prayer to understand like who's praying for what or whatever. Let's just let's get the broad strokes uh, kind of like uh, within our grasp. He sent us into the world in the same way, and Jesus is praying for our unity, but also that as as people come to believe that God has sent him, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Redeemer of all things. Um, that, that they too may join right into that same unifying love. That through the unity of the church, the message of love is crystal clear to those who are outside of the church. And when that message is crystal clear outside of the church, through that demonstration of love, God uses that to draw people in. 
And so there's this, uh, this analogy that um, we came across several years ago. You know, we, we started the ring as a college-based worship service out of Parkview Baptist. And uh, we called it the ring for a different reason. And I've told you this many times. I didn't think it was really going to take. So I was like, oh, we'll call it the ring and it'll, be, <laughs> it'll fizzle anyway. And that was in 1998. So, um, so that name, it had, a, it had a meaning. But then a few years later, there was this analogy that, that, that kind of came our way about missions and the church and the role of that. And this guy, he said, he said it's, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he said, basically, the church is like a whole group of people who are like-minded and unified. And it's like they're standing in a big circle and they're all holding on to this one common ring. You know, so imagine, imagine a church, or let's say our church family, gathered around, standing in a circle, and there's this really giant ring, like hula hoop type ring, that we can all like hold on to. So the church is like that. Everyone's holding on to this same ring. There's a, there's a unity, there's a, a common belief and approach and commitment to each other. And there's, we're unified around this circle. He says, so it's, with one hand, you're holding on to that ring, he said, but the other hand, you're reaching into the lives of people around you. So we're unified, but at the same time, we're also we're reaching out into the lives of our coworkers and neighbors and family members and those kinds of things. And so it's, it's, it's not double-minded, but we have two really important missions. We have caring for one another, as we see in John 15, loving one another as Christ loved us. And then from that love, we go to work, and we go home, and we go to campus, we go to school, we go to those relationships, and we reach with that love into their lives. Both of those things encompass our mission. Look at, let's look at this, these verses one more time. Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. All right? Those are the people not holding on to the ring, the people that were reaching into their lives. Jesus is praying for them right here as well. Those who will believe uh, as they reach into their lives. Um, that they may all be one, just as you are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. That through both of those things happening, there's a oneness with God that comes from his love for us, our love for one another, and our love for the people that he brings us to. So as a church, you, you kind of press these ideas together. We should, really, we should continue to follow Jesus in learning how to care for one another as he has cared for us. And to care for those who are not yet in the family. And so to think in terms of family dynamic, those who are a part of the family, Christ-like care. Those who are not part of the family, Christ-like care. It's the same. So we really don't have to learn two different ways of living. We learn one way of living by following after Christ, and we just duplicate that. No matter who we're coming in contact with, we're just loving people as he loved us over and over and over and over again. That is the mission of the, the church, the, like every church around the whole world, ever since, you know, ever. <laughs> And our church, and no matter where we're headed or where we are now, where we have been, that's always, the mission has never changed. But the, the details of how that is carried out, you know, that's, it's always morphing and changing because um, 
You know, the, the Bible uses a variety of ways to describe the church. Sometimes it's family, sometimes it's sheep, sometimes it's a building, you know, sometimes it's the bride of Christ, sometimes it's the body of Christ, you know, there's these different things going on. And if you think in terms of a body, or a bride, or sheep, or anything like that, anything, anything that, talks, that speaks in terms of us being alive, it means that we're, we're growing, and we're changing, and we're morphing, and we're adjusting, and and so that's why our church family right now doesn't look like it did five years ago, you know, or ten years ago, or, or whatever. That we're, we're, just, we're always trying to really let Jesus be our leader. And that's the thing that's so comforting. And just about every elder meeting, this, this comes up. The fact that in terms of being the body of Christ, it's like He is the head of the church. And so this church is not, it ain't my church, it's not the elders' church or the staff or anything else. It doesn't belong to anyone other than Jesus who bought us with his own blood. And so he is leading us, and so he's the boss of all this stuff. So all we have to do really is pray and listen and trust him and trust that he will lead us forward faithfully in all these things. So we see it here in John 15 and 17, we see it in, uh, in all the Gospels, in all of Paul's letters, in the beginning of Revelation, the letters to the churches. We see it in the Old Testament ethic of justice and hospitality. And, and it's just really consistent all, all the way through the Bible that we are to love one another and love anybody that God sends our way. In fact, if you look on a, on a map of, ancient, of the ancient Near East and you see the, like where... Israel is positioned, and you look at all the trade routes, they all went through that chunk of land. And so God, like, he strategically picked the promised land, um, in part because it was, the Bible says it's the, it was the best land on the earth. But also, he made every road just about pass through there. That all these people from all these kingdoms all over the, all over the ancient world, at different points, had to pass through his people so that they could experience the difference. Like, what is with these people? They're, they're hospitable. They're filled with grace. They trust this one God. They don't have like 50 gods. They have this one God. And he provides for them and takes care of them. And they, you know, what's the deal? His people have always been called to live in this way. So, with all that in mind, back in January, we started praying. And we do this every year. It's called the 30 Days of Prayer. Because we're awesome at naming things. And so we take this month and we pray. And different years it has a different focus. This year it really pertained to our future. And uh, you know, there's a, there were a couple of reasons for that. And a part of that was about a, just where we're going to meet. And so if you're here for the first time, this is not our building. Uh, Grace Baptist is, uh, has just blessed us and just given us a roof over our heads and uh, and partnering, uh, letting us partner with them and join them in some things. And uh, we got to a point where we had so many kids. We're like, we got to go somewhere that has like a nursery, like a doors that are only half tall, like nursery, like a real nursery, not a room that we try to trick kids into thinking is a nursery, like a real nursery. Um, and, uh, and that's mostly because the kids were getting smart. So um, we have been over here the last few years and really are, are, just felt God drawing us out, saying, you just ask me. Ask me to give you a place to meet, a place of your own to meet. 
And so we went into the 30 days of prayer, not focused on having our own building, but that was certainly a part of it. We come out of the 30 days of prayer, and after you know, petitioning God for a month, he basically said no. You know, it's like, okay. Uh, but he didn't just say no. He really, he really, the general sense was that he said, now's not the time. You know, but keep asking and um, keep, just keep leaning into me. Keep pressing into me. Keep letting me lead this church where I want it to go. And so upon reflection of that, we got a lot of feedback from everyone and the staff and elders and just different you know, community group leaders and different things have been sort of just chewing on different aspects of how we are trying to accomplish the things that we looked at in this passage. How are we caring for one another inside the family? How are we caring for, one, for those who are not inside the family? Um, and how can that love get more and more consistent with the agape love that God loves us with? You know? And so what I want to do is I want to just give you a few things for you to, that you can be praying about regarding that as far as from the 30 days of prayer until now. Uh, some things that, have, that he's kind of been reshaping and reshaping and we've kind of revisited how we do some things and you know that kind of stuff. And also ways to be praying about going forward. Things that we're going to be asking for feedback on that uh, we, we would welcome your input on you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so in light of all that stuff, everything I just said, let me give you, let's, let's, go, let's do four. All right? I'll give you four things that you can be praying about that, um, that you can be uh, passing on your ideas to the elders about, that you can, um, I hope, get excited about, that maybe you can be challenged by, that kind of stuff, of how we're going to take those ideas of caring for everybody the way that, loving everybody the way that God loves us. Uh, all right, so the first one, we kind of looked at our, just our overall drive to connect with those outside of the family, you know. And when I say the family, I'm talking about, like, members of this church. Like, that would be the family. Uh, those outside the family, in the community around us, uh, like here, like Capitol Heights, but also in those that we work with and live with and your neighbors, like all that kind of stuff. How are we doing at really um, connecting with them, like, in a corporate sense? Hopefully you're going out into their lives, equipped and ready to love them. Because that's really what, that's why the church was given pastors and teachers and those kinds of things, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. It's in Ephesians 4. So hopefully you feel that between Sundays and community group and uh, married discipleship and all the different things that we have going on, that you are getting sharper and sharper at going into the lives around you and loving them in this kind of way. Um, and so there were two, two things in, like in, in a corporate sense that we have looked at and we're praying through and we're trying to consider. One of them is like where we meet and when we meet. Um, if you were to, to look at our membership on a map, we live all over the place. And to have a neighborhood church is not really, it's not the way Baton Rouge works, really. Like this is a, a unique kind of city and it's... Uh, there's, you know, has some, um, some character to it, and that's part of it is that we commute everywhere. You know, 
we don't, it's not like New York City or it's not like Mayberry, you know, like there's a, we're kind of in between those two, I guess, but there just isn't this like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me run to the hardware store. It's like, no, 20 minute drive to the hardware store, no matter where you live, just about, you know, those kinds of things. And so we commute everywhere. We kind of live apart and then we gather together here in Mid-City and this place is on a map. It's like kind of in the middle of everybody. Um, and so, as I said, we asked the Lord, hey, would you give us a place? And he said, he said, no, not right now, but keep asking. And so one thing that you can, keep, can, that you can continue to do and keep on your list of things you pray about for the church uh, is, is just to keep asking. I mean, every building is his, right? And he's sovereignly guiding everything. And so... Um, this has nothing to do with being unhappy here. It's not about that. It's just, he, we sensed him like drawing us out, and that's going to continue. So please don't take that off of your list. Uh, we certainly feel that being centrally located to all of our members is very important. And so uh, that's something that we're continuing to strive for. Um, I know that meeting in the evenings has proven to, uh, to be something that our covenant members are like, Hey, I'm a member, you know, like this is my family and I'll meet wherever. And even if it's difficult some, some Sundays and stuff like that, it's, you know, something that we've, we've collectively grabbed onto that common ring and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Um, but there's definitely been a desire expressed about a, a meeting in the morning. And um, that's something that the elders are all for. But we can't do that here. We've been um, kind of exploring some ways and like, could you, could we do like a, you know, could both churches meet in the morning, you know, and unless you want to come to like an eight o'clock service here, which I don't think anybody does, it seems like a lateral move in a lot of ways, uh, that doesn't seem to be feasible at this point. And so, um, so we're staying put and we understand that when you go to invite a neighbor to, hey, like, hey, why don't you come to church with us? And they're like, okay, where is it? And they're like, oh, it's in Baton Rouge and it's at five o'clock on a Sunday. They might look at you like you're insane. We understand that. That's not lost on us. And so, it seems as though meeting in the evenings might be a hindrance to our growth and our ability to love people in this kind of way and to reach into their lives. Um, we're going to continue to just pray and ask God for leadership on that. Um, so one thing is like keep, keep praying, but also just know that we're all, we, get, we get that. You know? And if you come up against it keep, it, keep this in mind. The goal is not to get everybody in this building, you know. Be obedient. If you're supposed to invite people and that kind of like do that, do that. But just because they won't come here doesn't mean that we're failing in our mission to reach into their lives because you're reaching into their lives. And so we have a very wide understanding and belief about what it means for our church to reach people. It's not it's not narrow and saying like, well, until they join the church, we aren't reaching them. Until they come from us reaching out into their lives, into like grabbing onto the same common ring, you know, that's not the only way that we reach people. If you're accurately representing the love of Christ in their lives, then we're reaching them. Our church is reaching them. And so um, just be encouraged by that and also know that we are pursuing it. We're, we desire the same things. Um, so keep praying about that. Now, another thing that uh, some of you are going to love this. Some of you are not going to love this. Uh, we talked about this at, at, after the 30 days at our like covenant member meeting. Uh, it kind of came up like... You know, sometimes the name of our church is kind of uh, odd to people, you know. 
And that's been the case since 1998. Like, we've, like, yeah, no, it's not the horror movie. It's not um, not because we love Lord of the Rings or um, any other kind of thing, you know. And it's not a cult, you know. And people are like, oh, it sounds like a cult. Whatever. Um, we know that our name is, in some cases, a conversation starter. And in other cases, it gives you that same look like... Whenever you say we meet at five on a Sunday, you know, in a building that's not our own, you know, uh, we understand that. It's not again not lost on us at all. Um, and so, what it's caused us to do though is this. This is very important to keep in mind. What does the name of our church say to the people around us? What is what does the Ring Community Church say? I don't know. I don't even know that all of us holding on to the same ring can really explain it, much less when you're reaching into someone else's life. And so there is, uh, like, it is very likely that we will change the name of the church in the, in the future. I don't know if that's like five years future or five months future. I don't know. But the purpose for that is not to shake things up. And it's not because, oh, we have a weird name. It's because if that is going to help us care for people outside of the family, if that is going to open doors and give us an opportunity to connect with people, um, it is worth considering. And so the elders are praying and we're asking Jesus, do we need to change this? When we went from being a college ministry to a church plant, there wasn't this like beams from heaven that was like, call it the ring, community church, and harps playing and stuff like that. It was, um, we made that decision and we felt good about that decision, and I don't feel weird about that decision. But it seems to be that God is now, uh, again, bring, making us consider some things. Is, is where you meet a hindrance to, to reaching people? Is when, really, it's more, is when you meet a hindrance? Is your name a hindrance? What is holding you back? What are things that, uh, adjustments that can be made to strengthen your love for one another and your love for other people? Um, so all that in one big category of like reaching, reaching outside of ourselves, those are things that we're considering. Uh, I would encourage you to pray. I would encourage you to, um, to offer some feedback to the elders. Um, uh, that, would be, that would be tremendous from this. And, and I, you know, I'm not announcing anything you know, out, of, out of turn. This is just an update. This is our goal is to obediently follow Jesus into whatever he has for us in that. All right. All right. So the second thing, uh, let me say a word that um, some of you, some of you who grew up in Baptist churches, will have a weird reaction to this. So let me just go ahead and say it and let you react. All right. Not. I don't encourage you to react vocally. I just want you to enter inwardly react to this. Here we go. Deacons. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Some of you are like that word does nothing for me at all. You know. Other people uh, just broke out into a cold sweat for various reasons and stuff. And, and there are probably a wide variety of experiences. Um, we are in the process, uh, and when I say we, I'm talking about the elders, are in the process of um, instituting a deacon ministry here at the ring. Um, and the point in doing this goes back to the point in the very first deacon body that was ever put into Existence in the beginning of, of Acts in chapter six, you know, seven, that whole like that part of the church history where the church was growing, 
the needs were growing. The apostles needed. They're like, we, there's so much going on. We need some help with the logistics of caring for people. And so the elders, and this goes back probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago, have felt that same stirring that in order to logistically care for people inside the family and outside the family, uh, we really need to look at another, another uh, degree of organization um, happening. And so, uh, you know, a long time ago I said, man, it would be awesome if we never had deacons because that just means that everybody's serving everybody all the time, you know. Uh, and I, that was like young, naive Josh who didn't really understand that that's not necessarily what happened in the Bible, you know. It wasn't that everyone was being lazy in the Bible. It was that the needs grew to the point where it just needed to, it needed to go to the next level of structure and organization and stuff like that. And so that's where, that's where we've been. The elders have been for the last, like I said, year and a half, maybe two years. And so in the next couple of months, you're going to hear more talk of, of this. Um, our goal is going to be for this to be exactly what Jesus had in mind when he led that first group to, um, to set up a deacon body. Uh, not a controlling group, not a, you know, whatever, a, a group of called men and women Hey, men and women who are qualified and um, appointed that can work together with the elders, with the staff to meet the like logistical, physical needs of people in a way that is showing them the same care and love of Christ. We're not just looking for grunts or anything like that. We're looking for people to help minister to folks through the physical needs that exist. So. The elders are right now, we're going into maybe kind of, a, kind of the first wave, and we are figuring all this out as we go. Lots of models out there for how to not do it, and we're discovering really healthy models as well along the way. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of lead out in the first wave of it and kind of refine it and sharpen the process and then kind of open it up past that. And, um, so that's a way that you can be praying, especially for the elders, because we... We don't want to do this incorrectly or out of fear or out of baggage or out of overcorrection from that baggage. And then in five years have to go back and like redo a bunch of stuff. We want to stay really near to Jesus and say, what did you have in mind? What do you think this should look like? So please pray for us in that. And um, if, yeah, if you got questions, yeah, fire away. Okay, the third thing. You're all okay? Everybody's okay? All right. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's all just whatever, but everybody's kind of like, Ugh. it feels that way. Third thing, uh, we're going we're gonna to add another staff member at some point. Um, Megan Kelly is on staff full-time. I am on staff full-time. And we have been slowly like setting aside money in the budget to be able to bring in a third full-time person. Um, uh, that process is one we really haven't haven't had to do before and so you can pray for the elders in that and uh, elders and staff both because that'll be a collaborative effort um, we've been saying this for a while but uh, we've kind of have gone through a, a few possibilities even made a phone call yeah that's right made a phone call and had a conversation that you know it's just not going to work out and that's great so um, we're not just sitting on this we're pursuing pursuing it um, this position would uh, would essentially be kind of a 
what I would call in a very broad sense like a family ministry person that would maybe um, help with like kids, youth, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're headed in that direction and we're pursuing it and we're trying to be as aggressive as we can. But uh, like we really just need God to give us, just show us what's next. And he's done that faithfully. And so after making that phone call and that didn't really work out, now we're kind of back to square one in some ways. And so if you are a person who prays, which I hope that you are, and you are the per- kind of person who has a list of things you pray for about our church family, which I hope that you are, add that to the list that, that we would just have his wisdom, that he would just lead us very steadily and faithfully in that. Um, so I tell you all that to, to let you know, one, that one, how to pray, two, uh, to encourage you that we're, we don't just sit around and talk about, you know what would be great is if we did this, but then we don't ever pursue it. That there is active pursuit of those things that's going on. And, and three, just to encourage you that we, we understand the areas of family life where we're, where we're growing and where the needs are increasing and we're trying to do all that we can. Uh, church staff is not, they're not, we aren't paid um, workers. A church staff is... Uh, the, the way to think about it is this, that when you believe that someone has been brought into your family to function a certain way, um, everybody is pitching in money to help cover that person's expenses so they don't have to go out and get a job. So Megan Kelly, let's take her for example because she's the other half of the staff. Uh, if she was working full time, she would not have the time to devote to the things that this group, this family believes that she's here to do. So it's not we're going to hire her to do these things. It's that we're going, to, we're going to give her a salary to cover her expenses so that she can devote herself fully to the role that we believe God has her playing among us. And so what does it look like for a third person to come, to, come into that? We don't really know, but we're going to follow him forward and figure it out. Uh, so pray for us in that. Encourage, and encourage the elders in that. And be excited because that's a, that's a big step for a, for a small church to be taking. Um, all right, here's the fourth thing. Uh, with our community groups, um, you know the, the things that we've talked about, the, our, our, our missional connection with people and um, how the name of our church and when we meet, that kind of stuff, how that impacts the, the community around us, really, really important. Um, deacons helping us get more organized and caring for anybody that comes in the door or anybody whose door you go into, that kind of thing. Third staff member that helps us internally, like, take care of all the things so that, like, inside the family, outside the family, all these things are, are functioning and that kind of stuff. All these are connected to what God has called us to do to love one another and love other people. Community groups, like, that's, this is the most, um, I, I would say the most effective way that a church reaches into its community is in small groups of people. And so our, our congregation groups up on like Mondays and Tuesdays in different places. And that is, uh, in some ways, it, pre- it presents a, some challenges, I guess, if you were to, to think of it in that, in that kind of way. That we have some challenges that, let's say, a First Baptist Zachary or First Baptist Denham Springs or whatever doesn't have. Because most of their people live in that surrounding community and they can you know, do certain things. Our folks, we're scattered all over the place. So in some ways, it presents a challenge, like not having your own building. But in other ways, it allows one church to reach into all these different communities. 
That one congregation can have an impact in Zachary and Central and Denham and Ascension Parish and in the city of Baton Rouge. That all that impact can be happening from one place is really a, a massive asset to us. That any challenges it presents are really minimal compared to our deep belief that God has put us together. That we're like Voltron and we've all, like, He's put us all together in order to effectively do this. So we, we gather together in some ways, and we, we scatter out in other ways. So with our community groups, in the fall, uh, we're going to continue to explore how, does, how do we bring the kingdom near in the surrounding communities where we meet. In the last couple of weeks, if you've been going to group, you know there's, we've been talking about incarnational ministry and uh, loving people as God loves us, that kind of thing. And, and even the last, the last time the groups met, um, making a list of like possibilities in your surrounding area. Well, in the fall, that, your group's going to sit around, you're going to be like, okay, let's, let's do something. What are we going to do? You're going to let God bring you to something that's going to put you like boots on the ground in your community to serve and to love together in some sort of specific way. This is directly coming out of the 30 days of prayer. That, uh, of God saying, the kingdom has come near in your communities. It, it, it needs to be, like, you need, it's time to go to the next level of making that really tangible, and really visible. And so, the Denim group is going to do this, and the Central group is going to do this, and the Zachary group is going to do this, and the uh, Prairieville groups are going are gonna, to are gonna do this, and the Batteries groups are going to do this. Really sit around and say, okay, we live here. The kingdom has come near through us. How do we make that impact known? Um, I hope that you, and I know I'm just kind of painting with really broad strokes, but this, is, this should be a very exciting thing for us. That your community group is going to collectively walk in and reach into the lives of people around you. And that every group will choose their own adventure. You know, That every group could end up doing something really, really different. That it could morph over time. That you'll be able to take your kids into some of these environments and situations. They get to serve alongside you. They get to watch mom and dad like learn how to, like, or they get to watch mom and dad love people, and they learn from that. And you can talk about them, talk about that with them ahead of time, and talk about it afterwards. And the discipleship that's there. The fact that in this passage in John 17, Jesus prays for those who will believe through our message. That some of those people exist out there right now. That through our groups stepping in to do whatever, however it is we're going to love people. uh, That through that, God's going to draw them in. It's amazing. And so, we've been laying the groundwork in our groups. We've been talking with the group leaders. And they're starting to, like, we're all starting to kind of catch, catch a little bit of vision for it. There's a... Uh, meeting this this week with all the small group leaders, and we're going to talk about it. And you know, we take a few weeks off, and we have summer groups, which are going to be great. And then a few more weeks, and then when when the fall comes, we're going to have a we'll have a really organized plan by the time it's there. But the fact that that the Ring Community Church, or whatever we're called, <laughs> uh, is going to get more active in like taking the kingdom in tangible ways into our surrounding communities, gathering together, scattering back out. Uh, to me, that just really, that looks like a church, a church that I want to be a part of. There are churches who are really great at the, 
like caring for one another inside the family, but they're terrible outside the family. Or there are churches that are great at, at outreach, but there's no community, there's no accountability, there's no relationship, there's no care in, inward. Um, we've always wanted to be the kind of church family that was really sharp at both. Because Jesus has called us to both. He's equipped us for both. Um, he will empower our efforts in both. Um, and so that's kind of going to happen with groups. Now, some of you are in a community group right now, and you are essentially commuting from where you live to you know, another community and being a part of that group. And uh, I would just like to uh, invite you to pray about going to a group in the community where you live. About, yes, about changing groups. Now, no one's going to make anybody do anything, all right? So don't hear me being like, Josh said i got to leave my community group. It's like, no, Josh did not say that. And will not say that. That will never be a thing. So you go to the group that you feel like you're supposed to go to, all right? But if you are commuting outside of where you live, I just would just like you just to ask Jesus what he has to say. Some of you who are commuting need to stay right where you are. And that is awesome. And whatever conclusion you come to, like uh, the staff and elders and group leaders, we all completely have your back in that. But if you want to be a part of a group that's closer to where you live, this missional like jump into our communities in a tangible way, uh, this is maybe something that really speaks to you. And you need to know that your group leader will not get their feelings hurt if that's you know, something that you decide to do. Because it's all part of something that's much bigger. Um, I think that we, we as American Christians need a greater sense of urgency to recognize that uh, this world is not it. That the new earth is real and it exists and he's coming for us and he's taking us there and he's creating this, like the new heavens and new earth for us and this will all come to an end. And so we need that deep sense of mission and belief. So I hope, that, I hope that you can see how where and when we meet, and deacons and a third staff member and the, these like adjustments in community groups, all these things are things that Jesus is leading us to that will hopefully make us sharper and more accurate in our love for each other and our love for, for those outside the family. So, uh, I hope that, I don't know, maybe just a glimpse of, of what's ahead and maybe some ways to pray. Um, and that's all that I've got. I hope that you're excited about it. I, I believe that there is an excitement that's growing, that's coming out of that 30 days. I think, I think everybody was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of time for some of this stuff. Um, and so, it's really important that we follow him forward. So, uh, tell you what, once you stand up, as the band comes back up, Let me just lead you through. Uh, just lead you through some, just a time of prayer, and then we're going to sing a little bit. So, won't you just uh, let's begin by um, by just thanking thanking Jesus that uh, that He loved us first, that He's given us a point of origin for how. Um, for how to love one another. Just thank Him for, for doing that for us and for yourself.
and thank Him that that He's not only the He's not only given us a model, but He's given us that love to that equips and empowers us. That's not this impossible standard to try and imitate, but it, it's His life flowing through us like the trunk of a tree, the life that flows into the branches. Just thank Him for that empowerment and that goodness. Now let's let's acknowledge and thank Him that that we're not alone in this, that each of us are we're individual branches, but we're also grouped together. We're just a bunch of branches tied to the same vine, to the same trunk. Let's thank Him that this is not something that's just on the individual, but it's uh, He's put us together for, for one another. Ask him to just to help strengthen your love for the people inside the family, the people who are Christians, the people who are a part of this church family. Just ask for his help in loving them as he has loved you. us all accurate reflections of that love toward one another, that the, the family life that it would, would be one that just perfectly uh, looks like his love for us. pray that that love would not remain just within the family. Let's pray for our love toward those who are, who are outside the family. Those who don't know Jesus as Savior. Those who know Him but have, have distanced themselves. Those who have drifted. Those who are struggling and hurting. Regardless, let's, just, let's pray that our love for one another would be the same kind of love that we show to those we work with and live with and interact with. Just pray for that mission. Take a second and just pray for pray for someone by name. Pray for them. Pray that. Pray that they would, through you or someone else, that they would experience God's deep love for them.
finally, let's just pray for our church's missional drive. That we would, we would be a church that has that kind of urgency. That we would be passionate about community and caring for one another. And we'd be equally passionate about that same love going into the lives around us. Just ask Him to continue to make us into that, that kind of family. God, I thank you for tonight and thank you that you've, you've called us, you've given your life for us, you have loved us with a steadfast and deep love. We thank you that you've put us together and that you send us out and that through that love we're able to to see more of who you are, but also more of what's important to you. God, would you continue to develop us into people who, we just, we just love people just like you loved us, whether they're in the family or not in the family, or they look like us or don't look like us, whether they're struggling or walking in just a great amount of victory. That love would just be the way we live. And as we sing these last two songs, would you ignite something in us? Would you get us excited about the mission that you invite us into? That you've not kept us on the outside like those who just work for you, but you have brought us into the family. And we are invested in the things that the family, the, the things that are important to our Father. And you've called us to do this together as a church. So as we sing, maybe this will spark some things for us and renew uh, a vision for all that you have for us. We love you very much. We pray this all in your name. Amen.